Hey there. Good morning. I am not Pastor Trey, as you can imagine. Uh, he and Pastor Carrie are, well, they, they went to a, a church conference over this past week. And then they were invited to speak at their pastor's church, Pastor Danny Green and College Station Skybreak Church. So they are pouring into their church this morning. It's, it's going to be an awesome word. Like, it's going to be incredible. So you're stuck with me, the, the habitual crier. That's just, I just have accepted the tears will come. And that's what happens. I, you know, what's funny is our whole family, even my mom is a crier. Amber's mom is a crier. Amber is a crier. Like, it's just, we just cry. Anyways, um, today we're kicking off a series called Back At It, and I'm excited because we're going to be talking about prioritizing our relationship with Jesus Christ. And in this time, I think that's important. In this time, I think we need to talk about what that means. And so I'm going to be preaching from Matthew 6:33. You guys may know this verse. We sung it a thousand times. Seek first the kingdom and all will be added. All right. Uh, but I want to read from the Amplified Version, which is, is a word-for-word translation, but it's also got these brackets where it tells you other words that are like the definition of the word. So you're like, I don't know what that means. Oh, that's what that means. Oh, I don't know what that means. Oh, that's what that means. That's why I like this version. Here we go. Matthew 6, 33. But first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God. And all these things will be given to you also. The title of my message today is The Life You Were Made For. Father, I thank you that you've already moved in this place. And God, I just ask that it would be your word and your words that speak through me today. God, you know exactly what they need to hear. And I'm just asking in this moment, God, that you would use me. We thank you for what is going to take place here and the breakthrough that's going to happen in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right. So I think we can all... I think we can all understand this whole concept of prioritizing, right? We, do, we have to do this thing first for something else to happen. And, uh, but it seems like it's hard to do this with seeking first the kingdom, doesn't it? It seems like it's harder to do that. But in our own lives, and, and like when I think about, you know, if I want to go somewhere and I get in my car, I can't just press the gas pedal and it expect it to go anywhere. I have to put the key in the ignition and then start the car and then put the, do the years and then all the, the gas pedal and all that stuff. I'm not technical, but y'all know what I'm talking about. I have to do that in order to go anywhere. And we get that. But then, and then I think about my kids. Oh, my kids. Bless them. They, on Sunday mornings, we have a tradition and it's to get donuts before church. I'm sure everybody has that. Maybe it's not donuts. Does anyone get donuts before church? Just, or maybe kolaches or breakfast sandwiches. I don't know. 
but they love to get donuts. But here's the thing. Every Sunday morning, like, we'll wake them up around 6.45 so we can leave at 7.45. But what do they do when they wake up? Well, some of them who are morning people, like my daughter Caitlin, she'll get up and she'll go straight to the dog and play with the dog and then she'll go to her sisters and start messing with them. And then the other ones, they'll all three of them actually, they'll go straight to our bed, from their bed to our bed, and just lay down. I'm like, no. If you want the donuts, you're going to have to get ready. The priority. We tell the kids, your priority, your focus is to get ready first. Not play with the dog. Not talk to your sister. Okay, you can talk to your sister, but don't, but don't let it interfere with the priority of getting ready. And so today, everything of the word, every, every time I say so today, I just remember the Caitlin's video. If you guys, okay, it was a couple of years ago, but so today. Uh, I want to break this down for you, this, this scripture, because this is like the end of this little part, this scripture, this text right here. And I want to kind of reverse and rewind to kind of peel back the layers of what's happening. Why did Jesus say, seek first the kingdom? Like, what is behind that? And I want to get to the root issue and not just talk about the symptom, right? I want to talk about the root issue and discover the life that you were made for. You guys, you guys ready? We're peeling some onions. You may cry. Is it, is it, if you peel onions, or is it if you cut the onions? Does it matter? If you cut the onions, you'll cry. Well, we're not cutting them. We're peeling them, so maybe you won't cry. I don't know. All right, here we go. So we're going to go to 625, all right? Matthew 625. And we're just going to go verse by verse. Here we go. Therefore, I tell you, stop being worried or anxious, perpetually uneasy, distracted about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body as to what you will wear. Is life not more than food, and the body more than clothing? When I read this version, the word that stuck out to me was distracted. Because when you get to the root word of anxious or worry, it means to be divided or disunited or to be drawn in different directions. It's to be distracted. You are distracted. And how many agree today that we are a little bit distracted today? Just a little bit, I would think. But this is not the life you were made for. If I go down, we're going to go down another level right here. Matthew 6, 26. Look at the birds of the air. Some say, some versions say, consider, think about the birds. Do y'all ever think about birds? All the time? Who said that? Okay. You think about birds all the time. Uh, look at the birds of the air. Neither They neither sow seed, nor reap the harvest, nor gather the crops into barns. And yet, your heavenly Father feeds, keeps feeding them. Are you not worth much more than they? Can you imagine with me, just for a moment, if the birds acted like we do? Like, what if birds had worm farms? A whole production process because they thought we have to do this. We have to take control and make it work. They, they don't think like that. They just go and find a worm, right? Every morning, they just know instinctively God is going to provide for them. 
Or like if you, you know, you've seen the movies where the birds are standing shoulder to shoulder on the telephone lines, or maybe you've seen it in real life where they're just chilling. Like I wonder what conversations they're having. Could they be having a conversation of, oh, Bob, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to feed my family this week. Or like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get that worm. The other dude, he got it first and I, I just couldn't find it. Like there's no other worms. There's no other worms that I can get. And I'm worried. I am a bird and I am worried. <laughs> I'm a worried birdie. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's funny. We, like, we hear and we see birds every single day. But if you stop to think about it, like, if you really stop to consider the birds, it's, it's, it's funny because it's the birds who truly understand what it means to live from abundance because they know that their Heavenly Father will take care of them. So they have no worries. They don't have worries. That's why he said it in here. Look at the birds. It's such a simple thing, but it's there's, there's so profound because when you think about the birds, you realize, oh wait, they don't have the production process. and They just be themselves. They're just birds, right? And I'll tell you what, God surely, he surely values you over the birds. But if I'm being honest, sometimes it's the birds and the flowers that give God the most glory because we're too worried that we're no longer effective for the kingdom of God. This is not the life you were made for. Cue page turn. <laughs> we're going to go down to another verse. Matthew 6.27 and who of you, by worrying, can add one hour to the length of his life? I love this verse. It's so short, but it's got a lot of stuff in here. A worried heart leads to a hurried life. And a hurried life becomes like a thief in the night. It steals your peace and your joy. I, I don't know about you, but when I am worried... I will literally go faster. And usually I just have one speed and it's the chill speed, right? Like I just, that's just the way that I am wired. Chris Bro knows what I'm talking about. He's my bro. And he knows that it's just one speed. But when I am worried, I tend to drive faster. I tend to walk faster. And it's not like a nice, fast, urgent on purpose. It's like get out of my way kind of thing. Like, it's, it's crazy. And, and I noticed, too, that I'm, I'm more irritable. Anybody more irritable when they're worried? Yeah. How many know that, like, your relationships suffer when you live worried? They suffer. And this is not the life that you were made for. Bill Johnson says, for many people, breakthrough begins the moment they stop being impressed with the size of their problem. For many people, breakthrough begins the moment they stop being impressed with the size of their problem. The other day, uh, the kids, they're homeschooled, and so, and I work from home, and I walk in the dining room, and I'm just chatting, probably distracting them. Sorry, my bad. 
That's what I do. Come in there and I distract them. And, uh, and so I'm having conversation with the kids, and I notice Kinsey is not engaged in the conversation. She's my nine-year-old, and she's just not engaged at all. But I notice she's looking at me, but her face is like this. Like, it's not early morning. Like, I'm like, what is going on? So I lock eyes with her. And she's like, oh, great, he's looking at me. Now what do I say? Because I've been looking at him like, like not interested at all in what I'm talking about. And, and she goes, hey, Dad, what's that on your nose? I said, it's a pimple. Don't judge me because I'm 35 and I have a pimple. She knew what it was, but it got to the awkward point where I looked at her, and she's like, uh, what's that on your nose? Because I can't stop looking at it. And so throughout the day, I'm trying to have conversations with her, and she says, Dad, I, uh, I know that you're trying to talk to me, but all I can see is the pimple. <laughs> like, I'm trying to look at your eyes, but I can't because I see the pimple. That's it? She's impressed with my pimple? Right? She, that's all she can see. She was missing conversation because she was so impressed with the thing on my nose. It's still there if you want to look at it after service. She was too impressed with the problem. We need to stop being impressed with the problem and start being impressed with the promise. So we see the hurry stems from the worry, Dr. Seuss. So to eliminate the hurry, I need to get rid of the worry, right? But the worry is still a symptom. It's not the root. So we're going to go down another level to Matthew 6.30. Actually, it's skipping a few levels. Matthew 6.30. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive and green today, and tomorrow is cut and thrown as fuel into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? And I want to park here for a second and read that again. Matthew 6.30, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive and green today, and tomorrow is cut and thrown as fuel into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? What's driving the worry is our unbelief. It's our little faith. It's our lack of faith. We don't believe that God can take care of our basic needs, which causes us to act as if it depends all on us, which cannot help but express itself in worry, right? In other words, we, we worry because we doubt. Isn't that what Satan did a long time ago with Adam and Eve, getting them to doubt God's word? And we doubt because we fail to understand our worth. We fail to recognize who and whose we are, that we are children of God. This is not the life 
you were made for. Now, I want to take a look at some of these verses again, but in the message version. How many of y'all like the message version? That story-based, you know, it's just, it's really good stuff. I love some things in here, and I want to point them out real quick. You guys still with me? All right. Matthew 6, 30. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of, nope, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you? Take pride in you. Do his best for you. Somebody needs to know that God does not skimp whenever he comes to blessing and taking care of you. He does his best for you. Always. What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. I need that t-shirt that says relax. What I'm trying to get you to do here is just relax. To not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. Isn't that good? That's so good. People who don't know God and the way that he works fuss over these things. But you know God and how he works. He is faithful. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, and God provisions. I wrote this down right here, and I have it in my notes, and I review it often. Steep your life. To steep, I used to work at Starbucks a lot. I worked it there like five times, and they kept hiring me. I wonder if I could get hired again. Like, I'm going to see how many times can I get hired before they're like, dude, you just, you cannot work anymore. But to steep your life, whenever you make the tea, what happens is you put the tea in 200-degree water, and you let it sit. So the water extracts the qualities of the tea. Steep your life, your whole life, in the reality of God, in the initiative of God, in the provision. Steep, sit. We're so used to go, 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 go. I can order something now and have it in, in two hours. Let's do it. All I got to pay is $2.99 for the extra shipping. Like, go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Just sit. Steep your life. That wasn't even my point. Oh, gosh. Okay, here we go. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday humans will be met. Now, there's this part in here that says people that that do know God and don't know God. There's people that don't know God who, that fuss over the things that he's talking about. So we got two different operating systems here. Like Mac and PC, okay? Mac are the people that know God. If you have any concerns, you can leave. I'm kidding. PC are the people that don't know God. And that's the truth. Wake up to reality. Those who are using PC, wake up. Like Pedro said, be blessed. Wake up. Wait, are you for or against? What's happening right now? <laughs> All right. Chris, let's just focus, man. Come on. And uh, so there's people that, that know God, people that are children of God, who are operating as children of God. And there's people that are operating as orphans, that don't know 
their father, that don't know his heart. And God showed me a, a very, very clear picture of what this looks like. He said, I want you to look at your kids. And so I looked at them. I'm just kidding. He just said, look at your kids. Think about your kids. Have they ever once asked you, are we going to have food tonight? Like, are, are we going to sleep in our own home tonight? And I said, no. He said, right. There's no room for those thoughts because they know me and how I work. I've never put them in a position to worry. So they have no thoughts about worrying. They know who I am and that I'll take care of them. And, and because they don't have to worry, they don't have to doubt, they spend their days, think about it, this is kids, y'all, they spend their days learning and creating and playing and making friends and laughing until they pee themselves. And, and they're fascinated by the little things. Have you noticed that kids are just fascinated? Like they, we walk outside and we're like, let's go, let's go. We got to get to church. And Caitlin's like, look at the butterfly. Or, or like, look, look, look at the clouds. But I should be stopping, right? I should be fascinated by the little things, but I'm worried. I'm living by worried. I'm living by doubt. And so I'm just go, 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 go. Hurry, 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 hurry. When you don't see yourself as a child of God, it's easy to doubt his promises. And if the enemy can get you to doubt who you are, you'll always live outside of the promises of God. So it comes down to the root issue of who do you know? Like, who do you know that you are? That doesn't make any sense. Who are you? That's what I'm asking. Are you a child of God? Are you? Do you know that? Do you live like you are a child of God? Matthew 19, 14 says, But Jesus said, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. The kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are, who approach God as a child. Who live like children. And when you see yourself as a child of God, you can boldly step into his promises because you know that your father is going to take care of you. You just know instinctively like the birds. You just know. There's no doubt. I will have a worm tomorrow says the bird. I will have it. I don't need to worry about it. I can go have fun and play with my friends and fly around. This is the life you were made for. What I'm talking about right here, this is the life you were made for. Um, one of Amber and I's goals and desires is to have our kids rely totally, completely on the Holy Spirit. Because at the end of the day, like, they're not going to always have mom and dad. But they will always have Holy Spirit. And that's not original. I, that is from Melissa and almost said Melissa and Doug, the toys. <laughs> Melissa and Jonathan Helser. Um, that I heard that them talk about that, and I was like, well, I'm stealing that, because that is so important. And so thinking about that, 
at the beginning of the year, I'm like, okay, what are some baby steps that I can do to help the kids get to that point where they're completely and totally reliant on Holy Spirit? And so I thought every day as a family, we are going to pray. Even if it's just for 20 seconds, we're going to pray because I want to, them to know that prayer is not this this ethereal, this crazy thing that you can't touch. It's just simply a conversation. You talk to me all day, girls. You can do that with your heavenly father. You talk, you listen. You talk, you listen. Most of the time you should be listening. <laughs> just listen. And so, you know, throughout the the first week, we were like, this is awesome. We can do it. Second week, like, I'm like, this is not going to work. We cannot do this because I'm trying to rally six people. They've got schedules. I've got schedules. And I'm like, okay, we can do this after lunch. And, and, and then, you know, we'll make it work this way. And at, at some points, I'm like, is it even worth it? Because I like to feel the presence of God. You know what I mean? And 98% of the time, I did not feel the presence of God when we were praying right? And sometimes it's, it's hard because their little minds are like trying to comprehend, what is dad doing? Why is he making us sit here and pray? And, and, and I'm like, it just felt, it just felt like there was a lot of resistance. But I made a decision. I'm like, you know what? This is important. This is important. And we need to keep going. So for three months, three months, we were praying, and it didn't happen every single day, but for most of the days, we were praying as a family. And uh, we're still working through that. But in April, I get a call from my boss, and he never just calls me out of the blue. So I'm like, uh-oh, like, what's going on? And I, I pick up the phone. I don't pick up the phone. I, I click call. <laughs> I click the answer icon. And... Uh, and it's a video call, and he's like, hey, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? He's like, dude, there's nothing wrong. I'm like, okay. Uh, but I wanted to tell you, I, uh, I know that your annual review is coming up in July, uh, but I want to move it up to now. And instead of giving you a 7% raise, I want to give you a 15% raise. And my jaw dropped. And the, the crazy thing is, the reason that that was able to happen was he was my direct boss, right? Um, but he happened to get promoted to the director of IT because he wanted to increase the pay scales, but he couldn't do that. Like he had to get it approved by leadership above him. Well, he got promoted to that spot out of nowhere, well, he wasn't planning on it. And then he was able to make the call, increase the pay scales, in addition to bumping up my annual review three months early. And he said, you know what? I'm doing it. And within a week of him getting promoted is when he called me. And so a few days, a few days later, I'm just thinking about it. And I just hear this soft voice say, seek first the kingdom. 
and all will be added. Seek first the kingdom. It wasn't like I wasn't even thinking about a race. That wasn't in my line of sight. It was just, I want to help the kids to know their heavenly father. Seek first the kingdom. Whatever that looks like for you, seek first the kingdom. And he's got you. He's got you. This is the life you were made for. This is the life you were made for. And I believe today, this morning, that God wants to uproot some lies, that you are not a child of God, and you're not worthy to be a child of God. And these lies of, I need to doubt, I need to, or I need to, I need to take control of what's happening. I need to be the one to make this happen. That needs to go away. That needs to go away, that thought. Responsibility is important, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you depending on just yourself without any help from God. That's what I'm talking about. Because once those lies are gone, they are uprooted, the lie that you are not a child of God. You become a powerful force for God and you start seeking his kingdom. You were never made to be a warrior, warrior, not a warrior, a warrior. You were made to be a worshiper. You were created to worship and fill the earth with his glory. As you go after the dreams that God has laid on your hearts, you would fill the earth with his glory as you raise kids to know and love God with all of their heart, as you make new friends and build relationships, as you eat meals together and laugh until your cheeks hurt. That, that's part of what God loves. He loves family. That's part of seeking the kingdom. It's not just the things of praying and, and, and reading the Bible. It's, it's that, but it's also going after the things that he put in your heart. He put that there. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with the dream that he's put inside of you? It's been sitting there for too long because you've been worried, you've been doubting, and you've been operating as a PC and not a Mac. The life that you are made for is to be a worshiper, to seek first his kingdom. And as the team comes up, I just want to encourage you that it's, it's time to start living as children of God. Children. That's who the kingdom belongs to. Children of God. Confident that you are being taken care of and so that you can step out into the destiny that God has for you. <laughs> Ephesians, Ephesians 2.10 says that he's got, he pre-planned it. An incredible, unique destiny for you. It's there. But it will not be uncovered and revealed until we start acting as if we are children of God.
So this morning, if you guys will close your eyes. And I just want to speak to your heart for a moment. If you've, during this message, if you felt like, you know what? I've, I've been a Christian, but I don't know that I've actually lived out what God has called me to, to do and to this life that he's called me to live out. I don't know that I'm doing that. I don't know that I'm operating as a child of God. If you've been stuck in worry, if you're neck deep in doubt, and that's all that is consuming you and you're ready to be free, get ready to operate and to live like a child of God. If that is you, will you lift up your hands so that I can pray for you? If you are ready to seek the kingdom with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, if you're ready to go all in, you've been going about 50%, but it's 100% time now. It's, it is time, like Pastor Trey said last week, it is time to start seeking the kingdom all in, all in, all in. I'm not going to operate as an orphan anymore. The devil doesn't have hold of me. These lies that I'm believing are going to be demolished right now in Jesus' name name in Jesus name the name above every single name and every single lie we speak it over these hearts right now with their hands raised who are going to live as children of God as children as sons and daughters they are about to start living like they've never lived before and we thank you that you are doing a work in them and that this week they're going to start seeking the kingdom and there's going to be story after story after story testimony after testimony about seeking his kingdom and what he is doing in your life and i'm going to believe that the destiny that god has for you is unfolding it's unfolding like the red carpet it's unfolding it's unfolding it's unfolding we thank you for it in jesus name amen y'all stand and worship
This is the King. This is the King. This is the King above Thank you, Jesus. Y'all give it up for Jesus. I believe that breakthrough happens. I believe it. I believe it. And I'm excited to see how this unfolds for you as you start seeking the kingdom today and next tomorrow and the next day and the next week and the next month and the next year. It's going to be incredible. Are you guys ready to go eat lunch and be filled like in your stomach? Okay. Sorry, dad joke. I'm, I'm glad that you guys came. It is not an accident that you're here. Online, it's not an accident that you're here. We are so grateful that you came. I want you to take what you got in here and go bring it out there. All right? Y'all have an amazing week. See you later.